Welcome to your daily cup of true crime in 15 minutes or less from Hot Crime Cold Coffee. Listener discretion advised due to sensitive material and some violence. These daily episodes are brought to you Monday through Friday in addition to our regular weekly episodes that you can find on Wednesdays and Fridays. Today is Thursday, October 20th, and yesterday's true crime trivia question was whose assassination was allegedly committed from the Texas School Book Depository, and the answer to that question is the assassination of JFK. Though there have been multiple attempts to assassinate American presidents, only two have been assassinated, Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy. On November 22, 1963, J.F. Kennedy, who was the 35th President of the United States, was riding along in a presidential motorcade through Dallas, Texas. He was in the vehicle with his wife, Jackie, Texas Governor John Connolly and Connolly's wife, Nellie, when he was shot from the Texas School Book Depository by Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald was a former U.S. Marine, so he had experience with firearms, and at one point he tried to defect to Russia a few years prior to the JFK assassination. The motorcade rushed to the Parkland Memorial Hospital. However, Kennedy was pronounced dead about 30 minutes after he was shot. Connolly was also shot, but he recovered. Oswald was arrested by the Dallas Police Department about 70 minutes after the assassination and was charged with the murder of Kennedy and also for the murder of J.D. Tippett, a Dallas police officer. Two days later, as he was being moved, Oswald was fatally shot by Jack Ruby. I talked about this in a previous episode on one of the dailies because that was one of the trivia questions was who assassinated JFK. There are so many conspiracy theories about the JFK assassination to the point where it's portrayed in movies, books, TV shows, you name it. And in one episode of Bones, I'm not sure which one it is, they talk about how the JFK assassination is possibly a conspiracy. Hodges Hodges was so gung-ho about conspiracies, and he brought that up. Some of the conspiracy theories are that the Cuban government was responsible for the death of JFK, and they were behind the assassination plot. Another theory is that it was more than one person and other people have also blamed the CIA, 
the American government, that they were all behind the assassination. These have all been debunked, but of course you're going to have your conspiracy nuts out there. In fact, one of the biggest conspiracies was that Oswald wasn't dead because he had gotten murdered two days after he'd been arrested. And so they exhumed his body later on to make sure that it was really him that had been buried and wasn't somebody else. Today's true crime trivia question is, which serial killer does Eddie Redmayne portray in a movie? And I will have the answer for you tomorrow. On this day in true crime history, on October 20th, 2008, Anne Presley, an American news anchor for KATV Channel 7 in Little Rock, Arkansas, was found in her home unresponsive. Apparently, it had been a burglary gone wrong, and she was beaten severely to the point that she would die five days later. On November 26, 2008, the Little Rock, Arkansas police arrested Curtis Lavelle Vance for the murder of Presley. He was convicted on November 11th, 2009 of capital murder, burglary, rape, and theft of property. Law enforcement believed that he had not intended to kill her, but he had gone in to steal things from her and it just went wrong and so it was a crime of opportunity well if i'm already here and everything's going badly then i'll do what i'm going to do and he raped her and beat her so badly that she died five years later law enforcement did determine that it had nothing to do with the fact that she was a news anchor and I'm sure that law enforcement were a little bit suspicious because the case of Jody Husentrout from Iowa, they think that maybe she had been targeted because she was a news anchor and they still have not found her to this day. So I'm sure that that case was one that they knew about and so they considered that possibly as a motive. Also on this day in true crime history on October 20th, 2014, Laquan McDonald, who was 17 years old, was shot by a police officer, Officer Jason Van Dyke of the Chicago PD. McDonald was a 17-year-old African-American young man who was shot by a white Chicago police officer. There was body cam footage that later showed that he had not attacked the police officer. Jason Van Dyke initially said that Laquan McDonald had been acting erratically, had a knife, was brandishing it around, lunged at officers, but with the body cam footage, they determined that that was false information. 
On October 5th of 2018, Van Dyke was found guilty of second-degree murder, as well as 16 counts of aggravated battery with a firearm. As someone who works in mental health services, I have seen how law enforcement have changed in the last 15, 20 years, and they definitely have a lot more room for growth, but it seems that there has been so much more training in how to de-escalate the situation instead of reacting with violence to violence. I remember 15 years ago that if someone who was having a mental health crisis was walking around acting crazy and acting threatening, police officers would have just tackled them. And in the last few years, and I have observed this firsthand, they'll sit down with them. They'll talk to them. If the person, you know, touches the police officer, if it's not aggressive, they let it be. And it's amazing to see these changes over the last couple of years. And I definitely think that law enforcement has more work to do in becoming less reactive. I know that some people might get pissed off about this, but my personal opinion is that you can deescalate almost any situation. And if you are forced, and this is again from experience being in the military, if you are forced to react, then it's to stop the person not to end their life. And I think that a lot more education and training needs to happen slowly but surely. So for the last week or so, I have been binge watching Exhumed. It's on the Oxygen channel and I find it so fascinating in a creepy way, but also fascinating in a forensic way. You guys know I love forensics. I find all of it absolutely super cool. And there are so many reasons why you would exhume a body, but it's the very last resort in order to try and find a killer. One of the things about exhumation is that it's a really sensitive topic, especially to the victim's family, because it's bringing all of that hurt back and people deserve the right to rest in peace. However, sometimes they will choose to exhume the body because hopefully there's some piece of evidence that was missed. And it seems that a lot of those victims that have been exhumed, a huge part of it was because not a lot of DNA evidence was collected at the time of their death. For many of them, it was before DNA was really used 
as a tool in solving crimes. I know in the movies and TV shows, they'll go and like dig up bodies to get evidence, but really there's a huge process behind it because you have to get permission from the next of kin and the family members and you have to go before a judge and the judge has to determine if it truly is necessary or not, even though there are some illegal exhumations, like with Billy the Kid, that was totally illegal. It didn't go through the court systems. Nobody was notified. They just did it. I don't know if there were any repercussions behind that, but I would think that somebody would be charged with maybe tampering with a deceased body or something like that. Sometimes when they exhume individuals, they can get evidence, but a lot of the times they don't, and it can just be used as a tool to mislead the criminal that they're trying to catch. One of the things that is important in obtaining evidence after someone is exhumed is how well the body has been kept. Were they embalmed? Was the casket sealed? Were they entombed in a concrete box before the body was lowered? Did water seep in? There are so many factors that come into play when it comes to finding additional evidence. If you're not one to watch true crime shows or you like podcasts, I would recommend the podcast Body Bags with Joseph Scott Morgan, the episode on the exhumation of Gloria Satterfield. It really talks a lot about why you would exhume somebody, the type of ev evidence you would be looking for, and what things can affect if you'll find something or not. It was such a good episode. I absolutely loved it. Again, it's the exhumation of Gloria Sat Satterfield on the Body Bags podcast. And if you haven't heard about Gloria Satterfield, she is the ho deceased housekeeper of the Murdaugh family. And Murdaugh is currently facing murder charges for his housekeeper, his wife, and his son. All right, that's it for today's daily. Tomorrow, we will also have our regular podcast episode that drops every Friday. And it's going to be just me again until Angie gets back the week of October 1st because she abandoned me to go hunting with her family. Wah, wah.